You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello, welcome to episode four of the Ghoul Friends podcast. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And before we get into our topic, did want to give a quick uh, disclaimer. Today we're talking about near-death experiences, and when we're reading through the stories about people who have gone through this, there are descriptions of suicide involved. So if this is something that upsets you or is triggering, we won't be offended if you skip this episode, we promise. And now, let's get on to it. How's it going, Caitlin? It's good. How the fuck have we done four podcasts already? Like, I know. I'm we like started one time, and then we went like a year and just like never did anything, and now we're on a roll. We're doing good. We are. I think you just have to be really disciplined yeah. and not... Don't let yourself get frustrated because you will quite quickly be doing this. Uh, You know, especially with us being first timers in this, we neither of us have experience with podcasting. It's doing doing well. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about our topic. This one is a good one. This was very. This has been at the top of my list for a while now, so I'm glad we're covering it. Awesome. So, as I said, we were talking about near-death experiences, which is, if you don't know, when someone briefly dies clinically and comes back and can remember having some sort of experience and there are a lot of different experiences out there to be read about yep good bad scary yeah and reading through it made me really think of the movie flatliners which we watched a while ago with kevin costner who's in yeah. every single movie known <laughs> to mankind it's a kevin it's either kevin bacon or kevin costner i don't remember or william h macy or maybe because he's in every <laughs> every damn movie um yeah it was a really good movie i heard they made a remake and that didn't quite pan out but the movie essentially is about scientists who study near-death experiences by essentially stopping their own hearts and then being resuscitated to come back and all this weird stuff starts happening i had a pun i had to add in there okay the go new for it. the new movie was dead on arrival oh jeez. <laughs> Oh, Yikes. That, that was a great movie, though. It, it was good. Like, it, I remember my heart, like, pounding, and that takes mm-hmm. a lot for me to, like, really get into a movie. And, yeah. I mean, they were seeing, they were basically betting on who could be dead the longest and come back. And, I mean, right. it got really, like, intense. It did, not it got pretty dark, too, because I think it, like, went into the characters, like, personal lives and yeah. things that they experienced when they came back. Great movie. Watch the old one. Highly recommend. It is a little dated, I'll say, because this is like the <laughs> 80s, so there's like big hair and acid wash. And, but it's good overall. I think the concept's really interesting. It is. Yeah. So, Caitlin, have you ever had a near-death experience, or do you know anyone that did? Well, I know you growing up with doctors have like a million <laughs> stories, so I'm yes. going to let you get to yours after, but okay. I don't think I had a, a near-death experience. Doing research, I did see a lot of similar stories of people feeling at peace and very calm and in beautiful places and often seeing relatives that had passed mm-hmm. prior. I do have a story that I guess I have to kind of call it a dream. Okay. Um, I was in college in my dorm mm-hmm. and went to sleep. And as you know, the story, I had a girlfriend that I was with that passed away with cancer mm-hmm. and it did not end on good terms. So she passed and I held a lot of anger and grief and guilt sure. with that and I remember just kind of going to bed as normal and mm-hmm. I awoke in I guess it's a dream but it was just so beautiful it sounds really weird but I was standing on mm-hmm. the water but the colors were just colors I'd never seen before I thought I had died I really truly did because I looked around I didn't see anybody but it was so beautiful and I was like at peace everything felt calm and okay I was like I could live here forever like if this is heaven like this is I'm okay. Like, I wasn't sad. I wasn't... I had no other emotions other than, like, just pure 
comfort. Sure. And I saw Kim. She just appeared kind of in front of me, and when she was dying, mm-hmm. she just looked very ill. She had no hair. Mm-hmm. You know, just obviously looked very sick. But she, when I saw her, was when she was healthy. Right. And she had long curly hair. She had this big smile. Like, she looked really good. And no words were spoken. We didn't speak to each other, but it was kind of like a, like, everything's good. Like, you're okay. I'm okay. Like, we like gave each other a big hug. And then it sounds really creepy. And when I explain it to people, they're like, that's friggin' weird. But, mm-hmm. like, she got, like, her face started getting, like, sucked away. Like, she was being, like, pulled away. Oh. And it, okay. But I wasn't scared. It wasn't like scary to me right there um and she disappeared and I was still standing there and that was the first time I had felt a not good feeling I felt very sad right you know I just obviously I was just like I wanted to hug her again or like say something to her and then I woke up and I was back in my dorm room and I was wow. like damn yeah that's <laughs> like, insane yeah and it, it really fucked me up I mean I I didn't go to class that day I just like me and my roommate just sat and like ate popcorn and watched like funny movies yeah because it just really it was disturbing it's still I that is something I'll never forget sure and I kind of have two thoughts to that uh one fuck cancer for real yes and two I know you said you don't think that that really counts as an NDE but in reading through the research, um, basically it's been defined as either, you know, actually dying and coming back mm-hmm. or being in a place of physical or emotional crisis. So maybe for you that was an ND. Maybe it was your way of letting go of Kim so that you could start healing again. Sure. Her way of saying, like, it's okay, go back and, like, right. move on with your life. Because, I mean, I was yeah. in a dark place for a long time after she passed. And sure. after that, I did, I think I took a step to what I moved to Charleston. Right. And, you know, obviously that was the beginning of... Which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I kind of turned a corner after that, and I yeah. think now I'm okay and at peace with her passing. And Yeah. So it sounds like as sad as it was and as hard as it was to go through it, it was for the better in the end because it made you... After the dream, I would say, yeah, it definitely helped. helped. you keep going. Yeah. That is interesting. It was. Yeah. Now, I know you have a bazillion stories, but oh. I know the one that you're going to say, and that one I think is the most like mm-hmm. intense, and it's a it's a good one. So Yeah. I will start by saying I have a lot of stories in my holster, <laughs> gory, funny, just all sorts. We should interview one of my parents one day just to get all <laughs> yeah. the like funny stuff out of them. Um, basically, this, wasn't, this didn't happen to my mom, but it happened to her best friend, who's also a doctor. She was treating a patient, and the woman went into a cardiac arrest because she had an allergic reaction. So um, my mom's friend was trying to resuscitate her, and basically a nurse who um, I think was having trouble starting a line was kind of fumbling, and she basically knocked her out of the way so that she could get the line and if you know and I know you know who I'm talking about that totally fits her personality (laughs) so the woman was revived and when she was talking to her about it she said basically you know you should have never yelled at that nurse like she was just trying to help and said that she had been standing in the room the entire time that this had happened and was watching them work on her isn't that crazy imagine being the doctor being like uh (laughs) well how do you explain that well right i think you know for these people you know they base their lives in science and being able to explain why things happen but there is no really good explanation a lot of people say it's like a lack of oxygen or perhaps a seizure of the brain but there's nothing definitively that can tell us why we have these experiences which i find really fascinating yeah so it's not paranormal per se but it is weird well and to kind of get back to like 
ghouly stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, do you become a ghost then? Like, are you a ghost if you're standing behind someone? Or, like, what constitutes... Yeah. Like, right. is that, you know... I, yeah. You know, you feel people around you or things happen and, you know, there's, like, stuff going on. Like, are they ghosts or are they just your loved ones... Yeah. ...letting you know that they're still around? Like, are they ghosts or is that right. another entity that's... Yeah, I don't know. Personally, I think when you're in that kind of state, I think it's as if there's kind of two planes, you know, the plane we live in, in the living world, and then, you know, whatever kind of, like, definition of the afterlife you want to give it. And I think in those moments, you're almost between the two. You're not fully one way or the other. You're kind of, you're, like, in the veil, not on either side of it. Interesting. That's my guess. And I, you know, we've both had experiences with, you know, people who've passed on, and Mm -hmm. I think... Sometimes they can pass briefly onto our plane. I just don't think we're able to see them per se, but we can feel them. Yeah. Uh, but that's just, that's my crackpot that's <laughs> idea behind it. No, it's interesting. It is. And, you know, people have all sorts of different experiences. Some yeah. say they leave their bodies. Uh, some go through a tunnel. One I really found was interesting was um, a life review where basically you look back at everything you've done. Your life like flashes. Right. It kind of made me think of A Christmas Carol. That was the first thought that popped into my head. (laughs) And of course it's it's the Muppet one because that's the best one of all time. Freaking Muppets. Oh my God. It underrated gem of a movie. I will tell you that. But he basically goes through his past, present, and future and... Well, he's just a giant dick. Right. Like the literal lesson that movie is don't be a dick. (laughs) But... I think that could have counted as a life review for him. Maybe he was that's dead. Interesting. That, yeah. Maybe that's what wow. happened. Yeah. Look at you getting all We're deep. getting in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going down the rabbit hole. Um, yeah. So in doing this, we've been looking at stories and there are so many. Do you, do you want to go first or would sure. you like me to start? I'll go. Okay. You don't have to look up like, I don't want no light and fluffy I had a sweet experience. I'm like, I need to deep, the dark, nasty stuff. <laughs> so I do have Hit two me. stories. Okay. I'll start with the first one. It's kind of interesting. Okay. I don't know a lot about demons, and that's kind of taking Oof. its own turn. And yeah. I don't, I don't honestly know how I feel about or where I stand with demons. There, but this, you know, everything's kind of scary and. Right. Everybody has their idea of what a demon is. I'll tell you mine. I don't fucks with them. That's for sure. <laughs> you throw salt in here. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Back it up. So this story takes place in 1981. Um, a lady named Veronica Bartho. Okay. So she was like driving down the road and was struck by lightning. Wow. And she died. That is. <laughs> and she obviously was resuscitated. So, mm-hmm. you know, she does come back, but yep. she recounts just... She remembers driving, okay. and then instantly remembers she was being dragged by demons. She said oh, there was just, like, mm-hmm. these weird, nasty faces, and they were just oh. dragging her. And she went down, like, this really dark tunnel, and she just heard people screaming, and these demons were, like, stabbing people. And she goes, it was humans yeah. that she saw being stabbed and hurt, but the demons that were stabbing, like, they were not human-like. Right, right. And... So they were, like, throwing them into these, like, big holes, and they'd stab them and, like, chuck them into a cave, and it was really disgusting, and she said the scariest part was that everywhere they stepped, it, there were snakes. Like, oh, no. They were just walking that is through, the actual like, definition of, hell. <laughs> of snakes. Nope, 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 nope. So she basically recounts, and I'll read her kind of description of it, so these are her words, um, and she says, the creatures that I saw there were more terrifying than anything I had ever seen in a horror movie. Oof. I do know they were demons. As soldiers, they were marching past me, 
and in the middle of them were people screaming with pain. It's very difficult to breathe down there because of the terrible smell of this place. I saw a lake which looked like the inner part of a volcano where people were cursing and screaming and in lots of pain. Interesting. That kind of reminds me of, like, Dante's Inferno, which is, like, a map and description of, like, what the seven, I think it's seven, like, layers of hell. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, like, the Mm. image makes me think of that. Yeah, Um, that's, Yeah, and if there's one thing also that I don't mess with than demons, it's snakes. (laughs) Um, And Caitlin can tell you that, too, because when we lived in Virginia, there was a snake in our backyard, and my wife, who vowed to be with me till the day I die, locked me out there in the backyard with it. You're not supposed to tell that story. Yeah, till death. Caitlin was, like, ready to throw me to the lions. I said, no, not today. But I like how you locked the door as if the snake... And now this one was, we did see a bigger one later on, but this was like a little itty bitty one, but Caitlin, for some reason, thought that it could get in the door. (laughs) So she locked me out (laughs) with said snake. So thank you, dear. You're welcome. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. We all survived here. Yeah, we all made it. Um, That's an interesting story. That's terrifying. Yeah. And then Uh, so she did, she was revived. Right. And she got paddled back to life and she just remembers waking up. So a very chaotic scene, you oh, know, sure. yeah. with people trying to help her, and she just said that was what happened. Like, that's what I remember. I remember driving, and then that happening, and then waking up. Wow. Like, ooh. It's crazy that they can remember it, too, because that's another good point. If it's not real, how do you remember it then? Yeah. And, like, if your brain is technically dead at that point, how can you recall memories? I don't know. I have so many questions on this. If there's a researcher out there that wants to come talk to us about this, please hit us up because we would love to have you. It really is weird. Yeah. And it kind of goes along with the one I found as well. Uh Do you want to read your second one or do you want me to go? No, I just have a kind of a little blip in there where I kind of think maybe it's a dream, but Mm. it's different because if you're put under anesthesia, you're not able to dream. Right. You're less dead under anesthesia than you are when you actually are clinically dead. Right. So how, if it's, you know... How do your how does your brain function? do that? Right, and I, I've asked my dad about that before because he's mm-hmm. an anesthesiologist, and basically said anesthesia suppresses the parts of your brain that um, allow you to dream. Yeah, but when your heart is done, well, yeah, I then you dream. Kaput, yeah, <laughs> as every as lights out. <laughs> yeah. That's but what it's not lights out. But it's not, and that's what is so damn right. weird about this. Mm-hmm. That there is no way to explain it. No. I don't know. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. Right, so your story. Yep, and it kind of goes along with yours. Um, this is the story of Howard Storm. He is a self-professed atheist, um, but he's also a college profess- professor. Excuse me. And on a trip to Europe, he was feeling ill and ended up admitting himself into the hospital where they found out that he had a perforated stomach, which I don't exactly know what that means, but I know it's not good. <laughs> Uh, so essentially he was waiting for surgery and he can condi- like basically just got worse and worse as he waited and pretty much died right then and there, like waiting to go in. And he describes going through a tunnel with a lot of darkness, but you know, not the happier version of the tunnel that we read about. <laughs> basically he's with these figures and they're walking and at first things are okay, but the farther they go into the tunnel, the meaner the figures get and they start insulting him and taunting him. And, you know, he just feels more and more uncomfortable and they kind of start to shove him towards the end of this tunnel. Um, And he's just asking them and begging them to let him go back. And they're saying no. And he realizes at some point that these are probably demons and he starts to pray, which is now remind, (laughs) I'll remind you he's an atheist, but he doesn't know what else to do. So he starts praying. Wow. And at this point, the figures start shrieking at him, there is no God, over and over again. But he keeps praying and praying, and all of a sudden, he feels himself being pulled away, 
and then he's back in his body and waking up. Weird. Right. And I think he went on to write a book about this as well. Which I think so, too. At. Yes, I yeah. did see that. So I, w- I would wonder now kind of what his thoughts on religion would be. If he's right. I, that's an interesting thought, too. People who don't identify as being religious still have these experiences, yep. which kind of takes it out of the religion box. That is Isn't it weird? Yeah. Your mind would be changed, obviously, if yeah. having that, you know, your views can always change, but sure, would definitely change mine. That's a big event in, yeah. you know, changing your belief system. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I thought that one was cool. Do you have another one? I do have one okay. more. This one, the ladies, Angie Fenimore, and this happened in 1991, and she okay. is still alive. She's still living, and she does seminars and conferences, and she you know recounts her mm-hmm. near-death experiences. She did write a book about it. Um, this is where suicide is mentioned. She had attempted sure. suicide, and you had mentioned earlier about the life review, yeah. your life flashing. She had that okay. happen to her, and she just remembers that flashback, and then it was just black. Just total darkness. Yeah. And then she started, there was just a tiny light, and she could see shadows of humans. Yeah. But everybody was just very dark and just kind of cowering and low to the ground, or if they were walking, they were just kind of sulking through. Yeah. And she said, she just knew these were suicide victims. Mm. Like, she just felt just very dark and morose, and it was a bad feeling. Yeah. And... She said that she just kept walking because she didn't know where else to go and nobody would talk to her and everybody was just reserved and just kind of to themselves. But it was a very dark, bad feeling, she said. And so she continued to walk and she eventually got into a field still kind of full of people that were very anguished and sad and they were in despair. And just she just said it was just a horrible, horrible place. And it was like a... She felt it was a place in between, like you said, in between. Yeah. The they planes. weren't on earth, but they weren't in heaven or hell. Right. She just said it was just a weird, dark, murky, just kind of nasty place, and yeah. nobody wanted to, like, talk or communicate with her. Um, so she just kept walking through this field, and then she woke up in the hospital. Weird. And she just said she just kept walking. She didn't wow. know where to go, what to do, so she just kept yeah. Charging on it just was the same for as far as she could walk. Wow. And it, I mean, I would assume that would have a profound um, effect on her. Yes. And, I, you know, she's doing really well now. Like I said, she wrote a book and she, mm-hmm. like, talks about it. And, you know, obviously suicide prevention and awareness. Sure. She, it's Very big, important. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about that a lot. So obviously that changed her life. And, you know, right. she's turned around for the better. And thankfully she, it was only an attempted suicide and not successful. Right. Sure. I found that very interesting. Like, is there another, like you said, plane of people? Right. That, you know, are are you divided? And, like, if you die a certain way, you go to this section. If right. you die another way, you go to this section. I don't right. I don't know what the, the makeup of heaven or hell looks like. but right. it's, Or in between. Or in between. Like, what happens to people? Can people get stuck in that in between? Maybe mm-hmm. that's what goes with, like, unfinished business are. They're, like, in between both planes. They just yeah. can't get to either one specifically. Well, all the ghost shows that we watch, like Paranormal Lockdown, and yeah. there's a lot of, you know, I find the saddest ones, children. Sure. And they just say, like, hey, if you see a light, like, go towards it. Like, you're okay. You mm-hmm. know, like, people maybe are stuck and need that kind of extra, like, comfort Push. to say, like, hey, like, you're it's not okay. in the right place. Like, keep it, going. It's true. It's It's very true. And that's... It's a really interesting story, and, you know, I'm glad that she was able to use such a 
an experience like that to now do good, you yeah. know, now she's trying to spread awareness and help sure. people. And I think that's the best outcome that could come out of that experience. Absolutely. Right. I know we had the meeting with the, a medium, mm-hmm. um, yep. and it just kind of hit me that I remember my mom had the experience with, um, my cousin that committed suicide oh, and right. he came okay. through, but the medium obviously had no idea of the story and said she saw him in a corner, in a dark room, just cover, like hovering. Oh, you're you right. Remember? Oh, that's weird. So maybe he's in that. That's really sad to think about, but. Interesting. Do you remember she was saying like he just didn't have much to say and just was like, kind of like cowering in a corner? Wow. That's, Isn't that weird? That just clicked into my real head. That's weird, like, the, yeah. Like, you, you heard it first, folks. Yeah. Like that is strange. That's wild. That's huh. really sad. I hadn't thought about that in a really long time. Yeah. But remember that? I mean, that was no, I remember, years ago. And, yeah. I remember her saying that. Yeah. Wow. That is weird. That is weird. My thought, too, is it possible for those people to move on, like, at some point? Are they able to come to grips with it and pass into right. a more peaceful or plane? Or where you are. Oh, man, that's that's really sad to think about. Yeah. Eee. Mm-hmm. Man. All right. Well, I've got another one as well that yeah. I can... Um, I love how all of ours are, like, the really dark. Because <laughs> mine is... This one is one, too. You know, I think they're almost... Not that they're more interesting, but... I think because you hear about them less, it makes it more fascinating to read about. So this is the story of Matthew Botsford. He was shot in Atlanta in 1992 Mm -hmm. and basically on way to the hospital died multiple times. And in one of those moments where he was clinically dead, he had an NDE. Um, He describes being in like pure darkness, just darker than darkness. And that a thick black ink had been poured over his eyes. It felt that way. Ooh. That's a real terrifying like thing to think yeah. about. So basically this total darkness kept growing and he at some point became uh, like aware of a light under him. So he looks down and he sees it looks like a, like an abyss, but it's like got waves like an ocean and it's, mm. it's hot. It smells really bad. And then he notices that his hands and feet are, like, shackled, like he's in chains. And that he's hanging above it in midair. He's just, like, dangling. And Uh, it's, like, nasty. the scene of It. Remember when all those bodies were, like, dangling in the Uh, air? Oh, ooh, that was a creepy scene. Yeah. (laughs) But he's, like, basically, um, you know, dangling. He sees these, like, beast-like things below him. And he can hear people screaming. And um, obviously he was resuscitated, but... He said the the most intense feeling he felt was loneliness, utter despair Mm. and loneliness. And he, you know, said it had a very profound effect on him. He was kind of disturbed for days, you know. I mean, how do you not? Because if you know you died, like, you know how terrified you'd be of death? To say, like, well, I died and that's where I went. Like, I don't want to die now. Like, is that where I'm going to go? Like, forever? Or people, I think, may realize that, you know, maybe there's something that they're not doing in their lives that they should be. Right. And to them, they get this mindset of, if I change my ways, kind of like a Christmas carol, if I do the right thing, I won't go here. So maybe it's a cautionary tale. Like, mm-hmm. don't keep doing what you're doing because this is where you're going to end up. Interesting. That is really interesting. And that's what I find interesting between the negative experiences and the positive ones. Mm-hmm. It's like no matter what happens, there's an effect. And a lot of times yep. it motivates people to do better generally in their lives you know this woman you know attempted suicide and now she speaks to crowds about how to prevent that and how to help people around her um you know i read one too i didn't bring it into this episode it was a doctor who was basically very materialistic had a huge house nice cars nice clothes and had this near-death experience and after basically sold all his belongings and now does like a lot of outreach work because he knew he was too materialistic and he didn't want to live his life that way 
Hmm. Isn't it weird? That is weird. Change what you're doing. Change what you're doing. <laughs> right. And my, I had a thought too. Um, I'd be interested to know if any of those people after they were resuscitated had anything weird happen. Like mm-hmm. in flatliners. Like, I wonder if you were to die and come back. Does that make you maybe a bit more psychic to those I think you're more aware of your surroundings. Or open to and, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you. there's no way you can't have a different thought on that. I mean, right. if you know you were clinically dead even for a minute and something like that happens, you have to, you're going to think a lot. Yeah. And I wonder too, if even if you are resuscitated, maybe you don't ever fully take your foot out of the other plane. You're still a little bit mm. there. Maybe you don't ever fully come back. Maybe just parts of you do. Isn't that weird? I feel like there's a lifetime yeah. movie in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's probably been done before. Nobody take that, by the way. <laughs> I will make a movie out of it. I'm sure Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it or something like oh that. God, but yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting thought. You know, I if there's anyone listening to this that has ever had one, please yeah, write to us because mm-hmm. I would really, I have some questions and I would really, <laughs> I'd like to know. Good or bad. Good or yeah. bad. You know, yeah. we'll listen to anything. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it, researching this. You could trust you me. You could go on forever. <laughs> we could do a day of this, truly. We had to Absolutely. really be careful about cutting down to what we really wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. But this was a great topic and I'm, I'm really glad we picked it. Yeah, me too. So I guess now that we've rambled your ear off for forever. I'm going outside on the dock and by this beautiful weather. I know. I'd like to have a drink on the dock. It is beautiful out. All we're doing right now is staring at the butt cracks of our neighbors putting their dog in. (laughs) Hello. There's just three butt cracks down there. (laughs) Hi, neighbors. Sorry about that. Ah, Well, I guess we will wrap it up for today. Great. Remember that we do have an email account. We also have an Instagram our email is ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram handle is at ghoulfriendspodcast. So we will see you in episode five. But for now, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we are your ghoul friends.